Hey guys, just had a quick message before we got started with the Guido Vinny interview. Um, just wanted to give a big shout out to designer Liz Noftel. Um, she designed the new logo for the Photo Banter podcast. Um, just want to mention her name. If you're ever in the market for a new logo or if you're ever looking for any design work or branding work for your business or company or anything you're working on, um, definitely check out Liz's website and feel free to contact her. Um, her website is liznoftel.com. That's L-I-Z-N-O-F-T-L-E.com. Um, she's an amazing designer with a wealth of knowledge and experience. Um, she was the former design director at Atlanta Magazine, as well as uh, art director at Boston Magazine before that. Um, so definitely contact her if you're ever in the market for a new logo or anything like that. And uh, yeah, without further ado, uh, we'll get into the Guido Vidi interview. Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Guido Vitti. In this interview, I speak to Guido about how he went from studying painting and then finding his passion for photography. Guido has worked with clients such as Nike, ESPN, Variety Magazine, Wired Magazine, and New Balance, to name a few. Guido is someone whose work I've looked at for years but knew little about, so it was a real pleasure getting a chance to speak with him in depth about his work and career. I really respect Guido's honesty and his dedication to personal projects, so I hope you guys enjoy it, and thanks for listening. All right, well, Guido Vitti, uh, thanks for taking the time to do this, man. I really appreciate it. No um, I guess to start off, I was going to get down to the nitty-gritty questions. I was looking at your bio, and it says you like pie more than cake. Uh, is that still true? <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I, I like to eat all my fruit in pie form for the most part. All right. I don't understand cake. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but anyways. Uh, cake just seems like too much work. You know, I just put fruit in a bowl and throw some crust over and boom, it's awesome. I you, know, you. you don't need much more than that. I hear you, you man. It's good stuff. Um, but I guess to get into it, um, where did you grow up and like how did you kind of get into photography initially? I grew up in uh, Newton, Massachusetts, the lake with all the rest of the Italians because I have to quantify that because every time I say Newton they think I grew up with like the rich kids because it's kind of a wealthy neighborhood yeah you know, a wealthy town like I didn't grow up in West Newton Hill where like all like the rich kids grew up and then dads used to buy them BMWs to to, to drive a half mile to school yeah I grew up in the lake and Nonantum with the rest of the Italians yeah like, first generation Italians and for people listening Newton is a, a suburb of Boston suburb of Boston yeah it's, been, yep. it's about seven miles as a crow flies to yep. downtown okay and uh, I guess kind of growing up there, like when did you kind of start getting into photography? What are kind of some of your earliest memories? Uh? I um, I remember my mom or my dad. I think yes. I don't know. I I know that there's a picture of me with a camera sitting on an old car when my mom had that like that '60s flip hairdo. Oh yeah. Um. So I must have been really young, but I wasn't really. I never really considered photography. You know, to be for the most part. I think I was probably like in third grade, and I was making making books, you know, you know drawing yeah, and painting yeah. and making books and yeah. copying stuff and, of uh, you know, masters and things like that. So I didn't really get into photography until college, to be the most part. I wanted to be a painter. Oh, really? Yeah. What kind of stuff were you painting? Um, you know, when I was at MassArt, I was, I was at MassArt for a little while, but it was UMass Amherst. And I just, for the only reason, I think, just so I can get out of the house. Yeah. And um, I was painting kind of bigger, abstract, expressionist. I was really a big fan of... Um, of the abstract expressions of the time like it's funny because like actually nobody leaps to mind right now but yeah um 
you know, like Frank Athaler and those guys, and yeah. those people. I liked, I always liked that kind of work, and that's the kind of work I did. And it was exhausting. You know, it was really difficult to kind of like to, to, to do these things. And I picked up a camera as kind of an elective course. Okay. And um, it was like, you know, junk to the veins instantly. Oh, really? It was instant gratification. I knew that that was exactly what I was going to do. And I actually took that one course at UMass Amherst and then immediately left school right after that semester was over and transferred to Mass College of Art to be to go into the photography program. Oh, wow. So you did a year in painting and then transferred over? I did like, I think I did like a year and a half in painting. Oh, damn. As a painter. And then I ended up cha- changing over to Mass Art. And it was a great program. It was back in the day with like, you know, Abelardo Morel was my professor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a great guy. Just you know, amazing. He taught us the craft of being a photographer. Things that were important. You know, he taught us it. You go in the darkroom, you pull a perfect print. Yep. You don't not ever make perfect prints. Mm. You know, it's just that, that kind of craft that is, is something he drilled into us. Yeah. Um, you know, Laura McPhee was like her first year at Master Art was my last year there. Okay. You know, it's going back a ways. But um, yeah, man, I just like, I kind of gravity photography kind of just like grabbed me. That's really. For the most part. Yeah, it's one of those exciting things. Like everyone kind of says it, like, you know, you get in the dark room, see your first print. It's like this, it's like this weird environment. It's, it, I, I felt the same way when I first started getting into it and this kind of developing your film. There's even those early stages of photography. You're just like, because you learn so much at the beginning because everything's so new. Yeah, there's it, something nice about, there's something nice about, you know, winding film onto a spool in the dark. There's that craft of knowing how to do things. I, it's almost like knowing how to tie good knots. Yeah. It's that kind of thing that like nobody knows how to do anymore yep. i mean some people do us, us older guys know how to do that because we've done that for years and years yeah but you know we, when i grew up in the industry we were just we were shooting film all the time film for clients mm. you know kind of all the time i was kind of kicking you know i went kicking and screaming into the digital age oh really i was probably the last guy to buy a digital camera do you still shoot film at all for i your... shoot film for myself all the time oh really? and i shoot either film for myself or i shoot pictures with my phone what kind of what kind of film cameras do you like working with these days? I have uh, bags full of rangefinders. I have like a Mamiya Seven, which I love, which I literally Ooh. haven't shot in like five years. That's nice. But I have a Contax G Two, which spends most of its time around my shoulder when I'm traveling. That's awesome. Um, and I, I actually, film's been having like a big resurgence lately. I've been seeing so much film. Uh, a lot of yeah, people- but you know, it's kind of weird. It's kind of it's kind of like. It's stupid it's, it's because people are saying things like, oh, you know, film isn't dead. And, you know, yeah. I'm like, don't be stupid. Like, yeah. It's not the arrow. It's the Indian. I, it's not. It's like record. your camera is not going to make you a better photographer. I, I, yeah. I talk to people and they're like, oh, I have to get like this, the, the, the new Nikon E10S or whatever the hell it is. I don't even know what it is. And I have two of them. Yeah. Um, and I just, I don't understand this like slavish thing we have to, slavish thing I have, I guess is the right word, to, um, to gear. Yeah. You know, it's not, the camera's just a thing. It's just a thing that, you know, you know, the iris opens, you know, the aperture yeah. opens, it exposes the film, it's done. It's just a tool. Yeah. You know, the cameras don't make you a better photographer. No, I think it's like, that's what you learn over time. It's like, yeah, the gear is this like, it's a tool, like as if you were like a plumber. Like you could have like the, I don't know what a plumber tool is, but you could have the newest tools or whatever. Yeah, like a bag of fucking wrenches. But there's like some guy has been a plumber for 30 years and he, he could take the biggest piece of shit tool and, no, and it's like yeah, make it's stuff just, work. It's not... It's not. It's not ever really about that. I mean, no. a lot of the work that you're looking at now, it's up on the walls. These projects you're looking at, some of them shot it with my phone. Most of them are shot with that little rangefinder. I don't even like to focus if I don't have to. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've again, it kind of goes back to like this idea of like learning the craft um, in a way that was so total from beginning to end. Mm. Um, you know, 
two two developer stops, you know, two developer baths for making prints and the whole thing. And then suddenly, like, to be able, you, then you can forget all that stuff and just go make pictures. I don't. I like. I literally. I just like to pick the pick the camera up to my eye and just go click and then yeah. just move on. Yeah. I don't want to make it a big deal, you know, especially when I'm shooting for myself. Yeah, for me, like, yeah, like you said, it's not the gear. It's like the idea a certain photographer will have like a cool idea or like some story they're telling or even this like interesting light and you can do that with anything like i mean i've seen people do cool pictures with like crappy little lomo cameras and yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yeah you know it really doesn't i mean like i it's what really matters about photography is being in the right place Mm -hmm. and you know it's it for me it's a way of seeing things it's not I'm not big on like you know let's let's get it let me have this grand overarching concept and let's like hammer it into the ground. Yeah. Let me let me not make all my pictures based on what I think this concept is. Yeah. To me, that's a giant waste of time, and it's also not what photography is. Yeah. When you do that, you walk by you end up walking by images that you would have otherwise made because you have in your head this this idea of this project that you're working on. Mm. You know, more power to people who work that way, but I can't I can't work that way, and I don't think guys like you know Winogrand. Um, Eggleston, you know, any of those guys, it worked that way. It's really a way of seeing. Yeah. And I think that when you work in projects, forms, you know, this is part of a bigger conversation, but um, maybe a less caffeinated conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, that's cool. Like, like looking at your website, uh, you have so many personal projects on there. Is it like you're kind of talking like, do you go into those projects with like a set idea or is it kind of evolves kind of? I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, like, there's that stuff that's on the website is it's not really my personal work. It's my commercial work. Okay. You know, and I think people somehow, I've kind of had a weird career where I feel like <laughs> I don't just, I honestly don't understand my career. <laughs> I mean, I love working for the people I've worked for. I've worked with a lot of great people over the years. It's given me an opportunity to travel yeah. all around and be in situations where I'm able to make images that I would never have otherwise been able to make. Not necessarily for the client, but like while I happen to be there. Mm. Like there's a picture on that desk of a turkey jumping off a fence. Yeah, um, it's one of the best pictures I've ever made, <laughs> and nobody's seen it. Um, so hopefully I'll get it out there in the world soon. Nice. But um, it's part of this whole like you know 20 years worth of personal work that we're sitting in the middle of. Yeah, um, and that happened on a, an assignment for Runner's World magazine at like 5:30 in the morning in oh, Brooklyn. Really? But before I shot the job, yep, th- there was a bunch of turkeys in this, this guy's yard and i just happened to be hanging over the fence waiting for him to move and yeah. as soon as he moved i hit the shutter yeah. and i moved on and i went to shoot the job mm. and you do that for 20 years and then the next thing you know you've you have you've compiled all this work from all this stuff that you've yeah. places you've been yeah you know? no that's interesting and i guess just to kind of go back a little bit like i guess when you're like in a photography school what kind of stuff were you photographing? What were you kind of interested in, in back then when you were first? I was photographing my neighborhood. I was photographing things I knew. Okay. Um, I I spent a lot of time in my grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. I'm first generation um, American, and my parents obviously came from Italy. And my grandparents were very Italian, barely spoke English, and they lived right down the street from us. Okay. It was kind of that idyllic, um, idyllic childhood, you know, and. Yeah. Um, as, when I was in college, it was important for me to kind of like to make pictures of my grandparents and of their home and of things that mattered to me, but not in a way that was like saying, you know, um, documenting that specific that aspect of it specifically. But it's just kind of an interesting vehicle, like these two pictures here. Yeah, that, those that's my grandfather. Okay, um, and you know, it was it was just kind of a way to 
practice as yeah. well. You know, a way to kind of like get into this idea of storytelling. That's interesting. I've always had a. I don't really photograph my family. I probably should. Like, I just. I've always just. It's just. A, I kind of like. Family so, can be a giant pain in the ass. I to don't. Be perfectly honest. I like no. Get away from my face with the camera again. I don't. You know. I don't. I used to take pictures of my son all the time. He's ten years old now. Yeah. Um. He still allows me to take a photograph of him here and there, but. Yeah. Um. I never really go out of my way. Mm. To, to try to shoot my immediate family and that was you know i was also younger then you know um not that i'm that old but you know, what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you know. um no that's interesting and i guess were there like any photographers that you were kind of looking up to like when you're in photography school like that you kind of work you enjoyed um yeah you know i mean i kind of grew up watching a lot of films on tv i was kind of a weird kid i watched a lot of like Italian cinema, you know, French cinema. I watched a lot of stuff by Godard. I watched all the Fellini's films. I watched, okay. you know, La Ventura, La Notte, all those things. Yeah. And um, I've always, like, for me, I kind of, like, gravitate towards making the frame in some kind of strange film moment. That's when it kind of hums for me. Okay. So in terms of, like, photographers I would look at, I would look at kind of... Um, I would look at Eggleston, of course, because he was just like, you know, he's a juggernaut. And Stephen Shore's uh, American Surfaces series, I think, was just fucking amazing. Because, right. you know, it's, it's about also not just what happens in the frame, but it's really alluding to what's happening outside the frame. Mm. Um, but lately, of the past, you know, I kind of discovered Luigi Ghiri um, about maybe 10 or 15 years ago now. Mm. And for me, pound for pound, he's like, you know, one of the most amazing photographers I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. um, so I like his work a lot. That's interesting. And I guess like when you're like in school studying photography, like th did you kind of have like a goal in mind? Like, did you view this as like a career or like? No, you know, I, I didn't know this business existed. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, even when I was in school, I just assumed that I was going to write grants for the rest of my life. Um, I kind of accidentally, I accidentally became, you know, started working in in the photo world. I didn't. I didn't ever really strive for it. You know, I, I kind of, I fell into like working as a studio manager for a local guy. And um, it was, you know, it was just all like st still life and yeah. always being there. And it was work. And I was thought, okay, well, this is, this is something to do. This is a way to kind of like take what I know and, and make it forward. Because you know, I also, being the firstborn in my family, you know, not being successful, not having a job or being an artist, it was not an option. Yeah, what do they think, like, uh, you, you getting into, like, the photo business, I guess, like... They don't... Or they even, like, studying it. They, 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 they begrudgingly let me go to art school. Okay. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, I have two brothers who have um, a much more um, regular career path. They're yeah. both, like, corner office guys in some companies, and they do something. I don't know what they do. Yeah. All I know is they end up spending a shitload of time on planes going to China. Okay. So that's what they do. As far as I know, that's all they do is they fly to China. Yeah. But um, my path was uh, totally, totally different. You know, I remember, I think that, uh, I just remember being stubborn as hell even as a kid. You know, I was going to do what I was going to do and that was it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think like, I mean, working in this business, you are, you're running a small business and I think you do have to have a certain personality for that. Like some people, because it is the photography business, there's a lot of ups and downs and even just to get it started takes a long time. Uh, you think that's just like kind of in your personality, like you're always just kind of going to work for yourself, you think? I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't, 
I guess I don't take direction well, which, um, which hopefully, you know, if my clients are listening, they won't, um, they won't, they'll probably, they actually, they'll say yes, he doesn't take direction well. Uh, I was in a shoot once, I was actually in a shoot in LA um, about a year or so ago with working with Wyden on this great campaign. Mm-hmm. And um, the photo editor said to me, she said, the photo, the photo producer, she said yeah. to me, and she's the greatest person, she goes, you don't ever say anything that anybody really, really wants to hear, do you? And I was like, no, I guess I don't. And I kind of like, I feel like I should apologize for that. But by the same token, I just don't. I kind of feel like being honest is important. Mm. You know, it's more important than, I have something on my Instagram page, which I, I put there a long time ago, a little quote. And it's, it says it's um, more, more important to be honest than clever. Yeah. And I think that there's so much clever going on. And I don't understand what the point is. Mm. You know, I don't, it doesn't make any difference to me how clever you are. It makes a difference to me how how honest and how earnest and how forthright you are either as a person, as a photographer, you know, my, my circle, my circle of friends is very close. It's very small Yeah. because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I, I don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of, um, patience for, um, yeah, not for the as, bullshit of life. Yeah, exactly. You know, point of beating around the bush. Is, yeah, man, I don't suffer fools gladly. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I just assume I just move on. There's yeah. other there's other ways to spend your life. There's other things to do. Yeah. Know? Other people to surround yourself with, people to support you. Yeah, definitely. I agree. So I guess like when you got out of photography school, so you mentioned you were kind of doing the studio manager thing. How did you kind of start like shooting assignments? Um, what were you kind of doing to get your work out there? And who were kind of some of the first people you started working with? Well, one fell into the other. Like I was, I shot, I remember shooting a job for like this, this label company. It was like this four by five yeah. pictures of labels. It couldn't have been any more boring, but I made like two grand. Yeah. And I was in college. Yeah. I'm like two thousand dollars. I'm like, oh my god! I was like so excited. Yeah. Um. And that was kind of like validating the fact that like you know my education in art is actually may may be able to like pay some bills. Yeah. Um. It was a terrible job and it was ridiculous to do. And I made like five. I worked all day and I, you know, but I, I made two grand. I was excited. Um. So from then on, I started just assisting locally, and um. It was good. You know, I just I I, I never I never wanted to like you know move to New York or do the New York thing or. Or be influenced by other bigger photographers. Yeah. Well, big photographers because you know, nobody knew who the hell I was then. They probably don't know who I am now. Yeah. But um, it was important for me to stay here. My family's here, um, and to concentrate on the work that's important to me. And I don't. I never wanted to kind of dilute that. Yeah. By moving someplace where it was a giant, you know, juggernaut of a machine. Um, I guess like uh, one thing I always kind of ask people is like I'm always just curious. Like, did it take you a while to kind of figure out like the the style or aesthetic, the way you shoot, like the kind of your s- signature? Because like looking at your work now, it seems like it's a lot of like like a documentary type of feel. It's like a not a ton of lights and stuff. Have you always kind of photographed that way? No, actually, I haven't. I kind of get into the industry, you know, back in the day when you lit everything. Mm. You know, and you had to technically be really proficient. You had to like. You had to light your things within a third of a stop, and then do a clip test, and then do all that crap. So again, it was that technical thing that goes back to school. Yeah. But I ended up lighting a bunch of stuff, and I ended up kind of like doing things that I necessarily didn't weren't reflective of my work as a photographer, but that got me booked a lot. Yeah. And all the meantime, you know, doing my own work in the background. So what you're looking at, kind of on the site now, is really the evolution this is basically you're looking at the beginning of it again yeah um that kind of aesthetic is kind of how i shot a lot of years ago you know again though that is really my 
commercial that that's my commercial work though that's not my personal work which is a little bit um i'm a little bit at odds with because you know I've, I've always felt like i've been of two minds you know this is something i do for work and this is something i do for myself yeah and the industry as it exists um is it doesn't what am i trying to say I'm actually not sure what I'm trying to say. That's all right. I mean, one thing I was going to say is like, I always ask people is like, do you feel like how you mentioned like the stuff on your websites for your work and this is your personal stuff. Do you feel like you need to like create a style of work that's going to attract clients? No. No. So you just kind of shoot what you enjoy. No, because you know what? You can attract clients. There's nothing to, you can't do anything. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. If you know how arbitrary it was when you, for people to get assignments, you'd yeah. be like, I was just going to go into plumbing. It doesn't make any difference. <laughs> how good you are. It doesn't make any difference yeah. um, what you're doing. You can't, if you start doing work to get work, you're done. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the more you try to be relevant, yep. the less relevant you are. D- don't try. I mean, everybody comes to this for, to do something that's important for themselves. Yeah. And if you start to not do that for yourself, then why is anybody going to care about it? If you don't care about it, why should anybody else care about it? Yeah, that's the way I look at it. Like, I mean, photography it's hard to make money doing this so it's like if you if you wanted to make money you get there's a million other jobs you could do it'd be way right. easier so it's like if you're gonna do this you might as well put the work out there that you enjoy and uh i think it took me a while to figure, to figure that out when i first started out because i was like you know you're hungry to like you know you want to make money obviously because you've got bills and whatnot but then over yeah time, i mean you can't please everybody yeah exactly. so don't even try yeah exactly don't try and it's, it's a long it takes a lot of years of figuring that out but you absolutely cannot please everybody mm-hmm. and the more you try the less you prove yeah no i agree and uh you know looking at your website you do all types of cool stuff like editorial stuff like runner's world and variety magazine then you shoot advertising for like nike and stuff um, what do you kind of enjoy about shooting like editorial or advertising? I don't enjoy shooting editorial no. at all. Really? I'll tell you why, because it's so stressful. What do you, what stresses you out? I, I like, dude, you just show up out of nowhere. <laughs> See, like there's so many guys who do this so much better than I do. Like, but I'll, they, you know, you get in a plane and they, you fly across the country Yeah. and then you go, you have like, you know, 20 minutes to shoot somebody and you don't know the person and you don't know what situation you're going to be in and sometimes you just gotta like you walk into a situation and there's like nothing to shoot yeah there's like a wall and a window and you don't you know how do you make that picture there's plenty of guys who do that a lot better than i do but it stresses me out because of that but like the variety covers are always well thought out i've had times to shoot i had time to scout those so that's a little bit of a different story um, the Nike stuff you're referencing, you mean the marathon stuff? Is that what you're looking at? Yeah, I was going to ask you that. You did, it was like a cool project. I think they printed it out as uh, like a newspaper. It was like, I, was it Re- We Run Mass? Yeah, that was done for um, a year after the bombings. Okay. Um, a friend of mine who used to actually be here um, working locally um, started an agency in Texas called Preacher. And um, he's a sweet guy, one of the nicest people you ever meet, Rob Baird. Mm. And he um, called me up. He said, you know, we got this thing for Nike, and we're shooting. Um, we want you to shoot the people you know in the streets that you know. And, you know, at that time, I happened to know a lot of people in the running community. And um, it was a great job. I got to cast it myself. I cast everybody there myself. And we shot it in one day. Yeah. And we went, it was one of those weird, like, early spring days where, we went from like ice on the Charles to it was hot in the middle of the day, and they ended up the day like running the streets in Southie. Oh wow! Um, all the back roads and all these weird little nooks and crannies that you get to know over the years. Mm. But that was a great job because it was one of those things where 
I, I ended up with like putting people on a bus on one of those little car- people carriers and we drove around the city yeah. and I was like, oh, stop, stop. The light's interesting here. Yeah. And I would jump out with my assistant and I would like go make a frame. I'd be like, that's good. And give me, I, I yell back to the truck. I'm like, give me these two people. And okay. they would come out and they do like a little thing. Wow. And then we'd shoot it and we'd get back in the truck and we, we did that for the entire day. Okay. And um, it was nice. It was, it was a great job. It's one of the best jobs I've had in a long time because it allowed me to do, it allowed me to really bring that documentary feel that look and feel and that kind of filmic thing that I do to an actual client job. And it was, there was no holds barred. He let me do what I wanted to do. And it was a great job to be involved with it all the way through the end because we, we, you know, Rob and I laid it out together for the most part. No, I really enjoyed it because they really just let the photos just kind of live on their own. There wasn't like a... Right. And that's something that you don't have. I mean, this like, you know, again, I I don't want to sound like a lunatic, but you know, (laughs) If I'm afraid I'm going to, but like, there's this idea out there that like photography has to exist as, especially in, the, in our business, as the business of photography has to, you know, photographers should be making pictures so that they get work, which is the number one problem. Yeah. The number two problem is that this idea that like photographs exist. How do I say this? If you, they need type on them yep. to be validated. Yeah, you know, and like, but the but designers don't understand. It's like, you know, what? We I don't need type on my photograph. I'll just it's a photograph. It is what it is. You know. Yeah. There's no kind of like. No, that makes sense. It's I, a jump, little jumbled thought. So. No, no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I I just really like that project you worked on, and uh, I guess like I was gonna ask you is like I guess looking at all the stuff you've done, are there like any shoots that kind of stick out into in your mind as like particularly memorable? Maybe just for the experience or that you kind of enjoyed. You think. You know what, this is Samsung job that I shot last year that um, was in LA and it was great. It was like, because typically when I show up on a big shoot, there's like, you know, 30 people in it and, and, you know, you're steering the ship and every decision has to go through you and all that stuff. So it's, it's a big deal. But this is a job where I was like shooting stills for a, um, to coincide, to piggyback up commercials, yep. so six spots that they were shooting, they were okay. shooting with, um. I don't know this guy's name again. Lance Accord. He was the... Uh, oh, yeah. That guy. I know that guy. He's a DP for like all of Sofia Sp- Coppola's films. Spike Jones and stuff. He works with him. I guess so, yeah. yeah. I, don't know, I didn't know that. Yeah. But um, yeah, he did all Sofia Coppola's films like Marie Antoinette and you know, Lost in Translation and stuff. So he was a director. Wow. And they paired me with him because I think stylistically they thought the work worked well together. Mm-hmm. And so it was the greatest job ever because like I let him do what he was doing. And I would just kind of stand in the background. It was, it was just, you know, it was a whole giant... You know, we were in Angelino Heights, and there's like you know six tractor trailers and like a giant video city, and like there's just so much going on. And I'm just standing there with my assistant and the camera, just waiting for my opportunity. Yeah. And I didn't document it as we went, so my job was kind of like recreate the essence of those commercials in a single frame, okay. you know, one or two frames. And um, it was awesome. I got to hang back and be like a uh, be a visitor. You know. Wow, yeah, that is interesting. You kind of just take it all in and then you kind of jump in. Yeah, I get to be, I get to like report on it in a way that's real. Mm. You know, I think that that's the strength of, um, well, I hope that that's the strength of what I do as a photographer. I think even for commercially, I like to set up a situation that is like, that looks real and then just become invisible on set to hang back and just report on it. I don't direct a lot on set. I don't tell people like, look up, look down. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of fake photo shoot energy. You know, I don't say fabulous and awesome and you look excellent because it's it's just it just doesn't ring true to me. Maybe I'm too Boston, I'm too Yankee. <laughs> but um I don't I don't like the all the um 
all that kind of stuff. I just feel like it's not, yeah, it's not helpful. Yeah, that's why I like looking at your work. It just seems kind of like raw, like it's kind of like this people as they are, you know. Yeah, man, it is what it is. You know, it's just it's photography. Why does it have to be more than that? Yeah, you know. And one thing I was going to ask you, looking at like some of your work, it seems like you kind of really enjoy photographing like uh, youth. Like some of your portraits, it's a lot of like you know young adults and stuff. Is that kind of like a common thread in your work? Like I saw like I mean, only in so much as like you know, only so much as that all of my friends are like ten years younger than me for the most part. Okay. Um and um. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just kind of the people I end up gravitating towards. Yeah, the people. one project on your website, I think it's the Neighbors Project. Oh, yeah, the Neighbors Project. Yeah, that, what, that was that was, real, that was a lot of fun. What was that about? Well, that's actually something that started out, and it was supposed to go to a bunch of different cities, and we ended up just like kind of not doing it because we got busy. And yeah. I was working with this local um, producer, and you know, we just started like hanging out with some of you know, hanging out with some of her friends. I was like, you know, we should shoot that person, and then she ended up basically just like arranging all these people that she knew locally and mm. i just went out and we spent like a day and uh, you know we would we would, st- we would go like do shoot four or five people a day okay and um in their spots locally and you know i wanted to have it be what it is i didn't want it to be a lot of i didn't want it to be embellished mm. um i wanted it to be raw and i wanted to like kind of showcase these people as they are generationally okay and the idea was to shoot it here in boston because it's easy to do because we live here yeah and then we we're going to take it on the road and we we're going to do like i think we were planning and doing like nashville moscow it said on in moscow and then we we're going to do london but it just kind of all fell apart when it's hard to do this kind of things these projects that these personal projects that it's involve a lot of production because you know you get busy with life yeah you know i'm a dad i have a 10 year old boy it's a full-time job yeah i'm I'm here 90 percent of the time so so that's interesting to hear so like even with your personal projects sometimes you'll you'll have a producer kind of work with you on some of these yeah because like i don't have i just don't have time during the day you know by time i don't sleep well and it's apparently and um i get up too much coffee that's not enough coffee (laughs) just like i don't think there is such thing as enough too much coffee um but yeah i just um you get sw- you get swallowed up in things as a real live adult, you know. Yeah. Um, being a dad is just, you know my day's over. It's when I pick my boy up. Yeah. When I'm home, if I'm not shooting, I pick my boy up at two thirty. My day's effectively over. Okay. So I have to be like super productive between like nine and one and two, mm. you know, because then it's it's over. Mm. So in order to do that, you kind of like farm stuff off to people who know better than you do. Yeah, no, that's smart. It's kind of like well, you can't you can't do everything well. Yeah, you know, I can't do everything well. I can is, barely do one thing well. Is I'm that, not even sure about that. Is that something that you've always been like new, like, or did that kind of take you a while to realize, like, you know, sometimes it is good to call someone to help you out with certain stuff. No, I'm a big fan of calling people to help me. Okay, like I don't like I don't know. I know how to use Photoshop to make it look, pictures look great, but in terms of like you know retouching and stuff and making like something disappear, I have no idea. I'm mm-hmm. always like calling my retoucher. I'm like, hey, can you fix this? Yeah, that's smart. I, I try to be. I'll, I'll call people with like the dumbest questions. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, no, nah, that's smart. I mean, we're all a community. You know, we're all like friends. We're all a community, and so like, it's always like this. You know, one hand. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the other. one thing I was gonna ask you is like. I've been noticing a lot of still photographers are getting into like motion work and stuff and like directing. Is that something you feel like have you ever thought you needed to get into that to like, I no, guess, no, no. You know what? Cause I feel like, I feel like you're only good at one thing if you're being honest with yourself. Yeah. Um, there's some guys I know out there who do both. Yeah. I mean, I just shot this job, um, where I actually <laughs> now saying that I just shot this job where I directed like a bunch of spots as well. Yeah. But you know, the directing thing is not, 
it's not photography. It's different. It's a different relationship to the frame. It's a different relationship to the subject. It's just not the same. But yeah, yeah can I give out? Can I give direction to somebody to go do something? Sure. Mm. But I'm not. It's not really. It's not really what I do. Mm. If I'm being honest, you know. Yeah, I felt the same way. I, I kind of like a few years ago. I was like. Because I saw some people doing it, I was like, you know, I, I guess I should probably start doing this. So I did like a few, and then I realized I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, I don't, it, it's not, my passion's in the still stuff. Right. So I think, unless you want to direct, I think it's like, there's no point in doing it. It's the same like we were saying with photography. Like, just do it because you want it. Right. Do it. Now, I, have, I have a good friend of mine in, who lives in London who's kind of a big deal director. And he just does, he does a bunch of stuff for the BBC, he just did a be- beautiful series of work. And, you know, he is, he's a real live director. Hmm. Um, and I can't do what he does. You know, I just can't. Yeah. I know I can't. And it, it, I went to go see the Vim Vendors show in London at the Photographer's Gallery. And he's obviously Vim Vendors, giant director, you know, um, amazing art, art to films that he makes. And he had a, the exhibit was of his still photographs. What was really interesting about his still photographs is that they were put up in groups along with some film installations and stuff, but they were put up in groups on the wall, like maybe eight or 10 of them together. Um, and of the eight or 10, like, you know, one of them maybe per group or one of them for every other group was a real, was a photograph that existed on its own. Mm. But the rest of them were kind of referential. They were like what a film director would consider a still photograph, but they all kind of led to another thing. The, their, the idea of those pictures led to the next picture, yeah. but they didn't exist in, in kind of sh- shimmer in that frame yeah. the way still photography does. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just a different discipline. It's a, it's a totally different. People are like, oh, it's the same thing. It's, it's not the same thing. It's not, it's not even like left hand, right hand. Yeah. It's like, you know, left hand and right foot. It does, it's not even close. Yeah, it's like, it's almost like, you know, a farmer might grow food, but doesn't mean he can cook. Exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's the same thing. I just like, you know, I can, sure, can I put people in front of a camera and, and tell them to do stuff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's not my thing. When you photograph, like when you're doing like editorial portraits and stuff, like how do you approach those assignments? Are you a guy that like, do you shoot a lot or do you kind of try to get in and get, get out quick or is it kind I of- don't shoot as much as I probably should. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always take my time, almost probably maddeningly so for everybody, but portraits and everything else, honestly. Okay. Um, I don't stress out on set. And when it comes to like bigger jobs like that, because you know, I'll, I'll, I don't care if there's like 15 people waiting behind me. I'm just I'm trying to find the picture that I think makes sense and yeah. then riff off of there. But in terms of like actual portraits, I think that I think everybody has something in common with everybody else. Mm. You know, it, it, golf, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, some, you just find that little thread. Yeah. And then people like to talk about themselves. So you just kind of let them go. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Uh, that, that's what I kind of learned doing. I've been, I've been doing this for a little while now, and it's like, yeah, it, it, the skill I think you learn from a photographer. I, I noticed over years of doing it, when you're photographing people, you build this skill of like small talk, like you can just talk. Like, well, the other thing is, I think the other thing that's interesting is that you have to learn how to listen. Yeah, and you listen with, and you listen with your ears, but you also listen with your eyes. You have to watch. Mm-hmm. I always am a big fan of watching people when they're. N- when the camera's down, yeah, I'll literally stop shooting and put the camera down and just talk to people. Yeah, and I'll wait for them to kind of just like be themselves. Yeah, and then I'll go back and I'll try to like 
somehow get us back to that place where they, he did that interesting thing and they turned their head in such a way or you know, they exhaled and it changed their posture and it filled the frame up the, the right way. Mm. And then I'll try to make that picture happen. Oh. But I also, I also totally believe in the happy accident. I don't believe you go into an assignment saying, this is what I'm going to do. Because that's, that's ridiculous. How are you going to do that? Yeah. You can't preconceive photography. You just can't. Unless it's like a giant ad campaign yeah. where like everything's drawn out. Yep. You know, then, then yeah, sure. You can preconceive that all you want and make it happen by in- installing all the elements. But otherwise, it's just, yeah. it has to be, it has to flow. Yeah, it's constantly changing. Like even like, even if you location scout uh, 10 times on that 11th day, some, uh, some could change. Like you never know. So right. it's like, yeah, it's got to roll with exactly. it, I guess. Um, like what are you going to do for rains? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. What are you going to do for rains in LA? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing you learn after doing this for so long is just being able to like roll with the punches because you never know what's gonna come come your way, you know. Um, but uh, one thing I was gonna ask you is like, being that like photography is like a competitive business and so many people want to do it. Uh, do you feel like you're a competitive person yourself? No. no, no, I couldn't care less. Yeah, I mean, I like. I'm lucky enough that I've been. Um, doing this for a lot of years and you kind of get to a point where when I was younger you would sweat it you know you would think oh my god I'm not working mm-hmm. you know how am I going to do it how am I going to make any money yeah after like a bunch of years in the business you kind of realize like you know what it's going to come it's going to ebb it's going to flow but at the end of the year everything's going to be okay yeah I can't if you if you're a competitive person photographically, there's nothing you can compete against how can you do that it's like it's an arbitrary thing mm-hmm. you know you can't I don't know. I don't see how you can effectively give yourself more work. It's like I, it's like I tell my dad, I'm like, it's not like I work in a factory and I can like just go make more fucking widgets and sell <laughs> and sell more widgets. It's, that's not how it works. Yeah. And the constantness of like people putting stuff on Instagram yeah. that's like, oh, I shot this thing and it was great and thank you and be grateful for this person and that person. I don't understand like all the gratitude. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It's yes, it's great to work with good people and mm-hmm. stuff, but. There's this weird like gratitude machine that happens in photography. I, mean, I just don't. Yeah. It doesn't ring true to me. It feels strange to me. It I feels like a, a, not, it feels like a long not a sin- bridge to gap. Yeah, sincere, I guess. Or, right. Um, yeah. How do you kind of manage those ups and downs of like because it is like you can be. Dude, busy. I, I drink my coffee and I stare at the sky. I ride my bike. I I work on my personal work. You know, yeah. I really like this is. You know, you're sitting in 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 the. <laughs> somebody came in here and says like a map of your brain in here. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's kind of it. <laughs> no, that's smart. And yeah, n- yeah, it is interesting. We're sitting here in your office, and you have like hundreds of prints on the wall. Um, Can we leave that for a second? I have to pee. Yeah, no problem. Take your time. So. We're back. Um, yeah, the one thing I was going to ask you is like, we're sitting here in your office, and you have like hundreds of prints on the wall and all over the place. Is like printing your work something you, you, is pretty important to you, or why? It's you- really the only thing that's important to me now about photography. Um, you know, again, this is work that nobody's seen um or a little bit of it has been seen some places but it's all personal work it's work that i've been doing for the past you know 15 20 years or so on and off um you know there's like the project there there's a project there yeah there's like two projects there there's another project in the computer that i haven't even printed yet yeah (laughs) but yeah no it's like a it's like ted kaczynski's cabin it's just like four by five prints everywhere i mean i it's overwhelming it's uh, it's taken a lot to kind of like wrap my head around how do you make sense of all these you know disparate elements and how do you work them into yeah how do you work them into context mm-hmm. you know and that's kind of the the one thing that is a little bit difficult is um figuring out the flow of them all 
and how it all works together. But I've spent a long time looking at them now and kind of grouping them, and that's it's important to me to do it now. Yeah. You feel like like after you're like printing it, it kind of helps you inform like maybe where you want to take the project going forward, or is it more just kind of? No, it's more about like having some kind of finality. Okay. And printing them, putting them in books, printing them, printing them as books, and then kind of like finally being able to like get them off my plate. <laughs> Yeah, how do you know when they're done? Like that's like the hardest thing. Like I guess they're like. Never- I think it's easy to know when it's done. It's it's you try to like. <laughs> you edit. You, if you're really honest about your pictures, you have to put up what you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. She's a curator at the MFA, and she was over here for dinner. Okay. She's a good, good family friend for a long time. We had this conversation about photography, which is always always seems to happen when we when we're together. <laughs> Surprise. But um, you know, we were talking about like photography, like making pictures, and how you make pictures for yourself. Mm. You know, I make pictures for myself, and what she does as a curator, and what you know, gallery owners do, museum people do, and they try to make it. They give it a backstory. They make it important. But ultimately, that's got nothing to do with the picture making. Yeah. You know, a lot for a lot of times, I sit back, I sit in the office here, and I think to myself, well, I don't know, these these any good? Yeah. But then ultimately, I think to myself, you know, if I like them. Yeah. That's good enough. Yeah. I don't need them to be anything. They don't have to answer to anything except for the fact that I like them. Mm. Um, and that's really where we're at. No, that's smart. Like, do you feel like you're always satisfied with everything you do? Like, all your work? Or, I mean... I'm satisfied with the personal work because it, they're accidental and they're loose and they are pictures that I make without thinking. Yeah. And I think those are the best kind of pictures to make. Yeah. For me, it's a, again, it's, you know, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. It's, yeah. it's a way of seeing. Mm-hmm. It's not a giant overarching project, mm. you know, um, where I feel like I have to tick off a bunch of boxes. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of a way of being in the world. Yeah. No, that's exciting, man. It's kind of got me pumped. I'm like, dang, I gotta, I gotta print out some four by five. Dude, four by four by up on my wall, man. Yeah, four, four by fives are like, they're like crack because you get them. You, you, I, I put an order in a Target because I get them all printed at Target. Oh, really? They're cheap. Yeah. And I went there one time to pick them up, and there was like 500 of them. They're pretty they, good, man. I didn't realize. Oh, yeah, that's good. I know. Well, I had them tweaked before we went oh, yeah. my retouching setting. You're working on. But then, uh, but the guy picked up. I went to go pick them up. And the guy looked at me like, "These are yours." I'm like, "Yeah." He, he didn't know what the hell they were or what they couldn't understand it because it wasn't like somebody's bar mitzvah you know it was weird <laughs> uh that's funny um and like i guess you've been doing this for a while now like what kind of keeps you going being that like how has the business changed since you got into it and like what kind of keeps you going oh, like, dude, the business has changed like yeah it's changed and it's not changed yep. by the same token i mean i think that um i think that you know when i started out you i worked locally for some magazines and I kind of immediately started working in New York. So I was and I was very lucky to be able to shoot editorially and then go from the editorial straight to like giant campaigns. Yeah. So I you know, would go to LA and like, you know, do my thing for a week and come back and then like they pay you a suitcase full of drug money. <laughs> you know, it's like, and it's kind of ridiculous. But um, the budgets aren't there as much as they used to be, yeah. for sure. Um, people want more for less, which is, you know, something that everybody always wants, mm-hmm. which, you know, can't fault them for it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I, there's a sameness to photography now um, across the board. And I don't think that's, um, I don't think that's a generalization. I mean, there's, everybody looks the same. Yeah. You know, everybody's kind of doing things that are similar. I think it, a lot of it has to do with um, the advent of digital photography. I don't, want to be like the guy who's like oh it's all digital you know, yeah people are crap you don't know how to do anything some people put something on instagram one time i thought was pretty great 
It said everyone's a photographer until, and it has a, a picture of the top of the camera until the dial turns to manual. <laughs> and that to me was like perfect. But um, I feel like you know, every, there's a lot of people out there making pictures, and that's great. It mm-hmm. really is great. But the, the issue is, is that they're not really all that noteworthy. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of somehow brought our aesthetic level way down yeah. across the board, especially editorially. Okay. Editorially, it used to be like back in the day, like, you know, magazines had, would give you an assignment and they would let you do your thing. Yeah. Whatever that thing was. Yep. And they would want you to do your thing. But now, I think ever since they've been like 2008 or so and everything crashed, that magazines have been very tight on what their brand is. Mm. And they only hire photographers who shoot within their brand. Yeah. Like you look at, you know, a magazine like um, ESPN, for instance. Yeah. Great magazine, great photographers who work for it. Yeah. Doesn't shift a lot aesthetically from front to back. Now, I'm not saying everybody in there is the same. Yeah. But there is a, there is a brand identity that they have to hit. Yeah. Um, because it's what people expect when they pick up ESPN. And I understand that. And that's perfectly fine. But mm. it's not um, as open-ended as it used to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I hear you. And do you like looking at a lot of like other photographers' work, or do you kind of no? No, I don't look at anybody's work. To yeah. be perfectly honest, I look at the work that's up on my shelf right now. Yeah, I look at Geary. I look at um, um, who else do I look at? I look at Joel Sternfeld. Yeah, Larry Sultan. You okay. know, those kind of guys. Oh, Larry Sultan, man, he's the best. Oh, that's ridiculous. He was, yeah. lost him too soon. Yeah, seriously, man, that guy is awesome. Yeah, I kind of feel like that. I used to follow like a ton of photographers on Instagram. And but then I, I I got to a point where I was like it was like too much consumption. I love photography, but it was like it arts it gets like overbearing at a point. I think I I had to like just kind of focus on my own. Yeah, work. man. There's no specialness. I I feel like there's because there's so much of it. Yeah. There's no specialness. I find myself scrolling through Instagram all the time. Yeah. Um, for the most part, my Instagram feed is like pictures of my family. Yeah. With an occasional like you know oh that's an interesting picture let me put it out there. Yeah. Um, the thing about Instagram that's strange is though, it's very easy to be satisfied by posting something on social media. You're like, okay, well, I posted it. It's out there in the world. Yeah, but you know what? That could have been a, an amazing photograph if you took it and you put it in a different sequence of images, if you printed it in a book, if you did something. But you just kind of like, mm. it, it's an immediate pat on the back. Mm. Um, I'm not, and I think that's dangerous. Yeah. I think it's dangerous because I think it like breeds a, a way of thinking about photography as being disposable yeah it's just quick 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 it's quick it's too quick yeah are, are you do you still have like a printed portfolio and everything or i do but i don't show it nobody cares to see it no. that's fine man you know it's whatever i mean i think like back you know going back to what you talked about like how's it changed you know when i was an assistant 100 years ago you could um there was a way to do it you know you kind of assisted for somebody yeah and in the meantime you worked on your own stuff you really worked hard at it for like three or four years to really kind of hone your craft Real trade. Get to where you wanted like to get. Real trade. Yeah, you wanted like, like you, you wanted to find out what it is that was made you hum about photography. You know, can you, it, it, when you're early, you can't help but like mimic the guys you love and yeah. you know, that kind of thing and bring that stuff into it. And then you take those pictures and you go show them around town. Mm. I used to say to everybody, "This is the easiest job in the world." Yeah. You make you put together pictures, of, a book of pictures that you love, that you really love, not that you just think somebody else is going to like, and then you show them. Yeah. And that's the extent of all you can do. But I don't know that anybody wants to see anybody anymore. Really? You know, I don't know that people are like, you know, wanting to see photographers work, you know, things that are, are, are not um, all over social media. You know, I think that there's a lot of uh, fashion guys out there who are doing interesting work, but it's fashion. You know, I, I shot a lot of fashion from the, the beginning as well, because it was kind of a way to make those cinematic, more interesting documentary images that could somehow live in the commercial world. Okay. 
you know, um, but I don't know that um, that's the only vehicle that you could really make those images in. Mm. I'm not a fashion guy. I mean, I've been dressing the same way for 20 years. You know? Me too. I dress like a bum, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> you look good. Um, but, you know, it's like, it, I don't, I never like went and really pursued it because A, I'm not going to move to New York. B, I'm not going to move to Milan. Yeah. C, I couldn't care less about the entire scene. Yeah. You know, I just think it's, at some level, I just think it's totally ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I, fashion is like, you have to have like a passion for clothes and everything. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, it doesn't really make sense. Like we were saying, like, if you don't Well, like, you know, the clothes are carried, clothes are like, for me, when back when I was kind of doing it, a lot of it, like the clothes would be a way to um, make a character. Yeah. Make a, this kind of vague character come to life. Yeah. So you would think about, you know, some of the projects that would do, you would think about like, how do you, what, who, what's the character? What's the scenario? What's this kind of like weird, vague film idea? Yeah. And how do you find somebody who kind of looks that way? And then how do you dress them to make them look that way? And then you throw them into the scenarios. And then you kind of wait for the thing to happen. Yeah. You kind of wait for this whole magical documentary thing to happen. And that's was my, or is my ap- approach to fashion. Yeah. Say. No. And it's not one that's like, that people at, um, anybody really wants to see which yeah. is fine with me too no yeah. that makes sense and a couple more questions i'll let you go um is like at this point in your career is like like marketing your work still something you spend a lot of time thinking about? i never spent any time marketing my work no no i don't i used to spend some send some emails like once every three months i would send an email yeah i'll a, a blast out to everybody and <laughs> like yeah you end up like getting like people like unsubscribing to your list on some dude in like holland unsubscribes to your list so i'm like dude really <laughs> like you you my one email of like what I think are interesting pictures, you're gonna unsubscribe to them. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but um, yeah. I don't know if there's anything you can do to market yourself. Mm. I just don't. See, that's the thing. Is like I don't know what to tell people. Yeah. I've got friends of mine who are kind of like you know, assistants ready to start out doing this stuff on their own, and like I don't know what to say to them. Yeah. Because it used to be like kind of a clear path. It's like A plus B equals C, and then you then you struggle. The hardest thing in your career is moving from assisting to being a full-time photographer yeah that's that's like that's dark times man it's like a 20 years it's like i feel like i've been in it 10 years i feel like i'm just starting <laughs> yeah man, it's just oh it's dark because yeah. you don't you're like oh my god i'm not really an assistant <laughs> but i'm not really i'm not really getting the jobs i want to get and, yeah you know how am i gonna pay the rent you know, yeah that kind of thing. no it's tough um yeah, but looking at your, you, you seem like you pre, you stay on top of your website. I, li- I like your website. It's just really simple. That's so funny because I haven't updated in like a year. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so my wife was talking to me the night. She's like, you should put that outside magazine stuff you shot up in Stowe. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I should do that. And then like, I totally forgot about it. I, I, I love the, your website, though. It's just simple, easy to look at. There's a ton of stuff on there, like all the projects and stuff. So it was cool. I, I enjoyed looking at it. Yeah, I'm hoping to get the... Um, I'm hoping to do an entirely different kind of thing with these oh, really? projects once it's all up and going. Oh, so you'll put all your those personal stuff up on there? Well, is you know there'll, there'll be books and there'll be editions and they'll okay. they'll figure out kind of how to move that stuff forward, but it'll mm. be a different kind of interface, I think. Right on. Well, I, I guess just to kind of wrap up, like, I mean, you've been doing this for a while. Like, what do you think? Like, uh, kind of keeps you going? I guess you kind of mentioned it before, but what kind of keeps you going? And what are you kind of looking forward to in the future? I guess. <sighs> What keeps me going? Um, I don't keep going necessarily. To be perfectly honest, I go a lot of time without shooting anything. Oh, really? I I don't. I haven't made a picture for myself in probably six months. Okay. I mean, if you don't count like the, the occasional iPhone picture, um, 
I feel like I have such a backlog of work mm-hmm. that needs to be looked at, needs to be considered, and that I get excited about. Yeah. That for me, there's only so much room in my brain. Yeah. So I need to put this stuff needs to have a home first before I can clear the decks. Yeah. And start thinking about making pictures again. Mm. Um, what keeps me going is like, you know, I'm doing, I'm going to do the book and then, you know, get it out there in the world and, and, you know, if it's received well, great. If it's not, I really couldn't care less. Yeah. You know, cause I don't, I'm not doing it for anybody else but me. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, I like seeing how this stuff comes together. Yeah. Literally just sitting here on my computer, like on the big screen. I like seeing how like the book lays out. Yeah. You know? That, yeah. From talking to you and even this looking at all your prints here, it, like the editing process is something you kind of enjoy this kind of really this editing pr- is torture. Yeah. And it's the best thing in the world. Yeah. It, it's like a, it's like a, it's like it's like being sucked into like this other world. You have to like you have to concentrate on it. You can't not concentrate on it. Yeah, you, know, you can't have like the dogs. You know, they, they're quiet now because they're sitting at our feet. But you can't have the dogs like swirling around. Yeah, and my son calling me from outside, <laughs> and my wife like asking me when I'm going to come upstairs. Yeah, you know, for dinner. You can't. You need to be in your own space mm-hmm. to do it, and it's something you really have to be in the right mindset to do when it's your personal work. When it's a client's work, not so much because you kind of know what you've got. You know, you know what they're, how they're going to use it, what they're looking for. And so you give them what they're looking for, then you give them what you think is even better. Yeah. And hopefully they go with the one that you think is even better. And you can be an advocate for that. Mm. So that editing process is different for work. But yeah. for, for personal work, for this, this, the things that, you know, kind of matter a little bit more to me personally as a photographer, yeah. the editing process is, um, it's a bear because you, images work well together and then they suddenly drop off a cliff. Yeah. yeah and then we got this mini, it's. You can just constantly keep moving in. Uh, yeah, for, there was like a winter that I had my, my bike in here in the office on a trainer, and I would just sit there on the bike and like you know, <laughs> pedal for like an hour and just sweat like crazy. And I would get off the bike, and I would like, after looking at the pictures on the wall, I would get off the bike and like move five, five of them. <laughs> and then I would get, you know, go upstairs and take a shower, and I come back and I look at it again. I'm like, no, that doesn't, that doesn't work. Why did I think that? Yeah. So it's a constant shuffling. But you can also overwork it to death. And what the hell's the sense of that? Just get them out there in the world, which is where I'm at now. And with the book, um, do you kind of have a date you think that will kind of come out, you think? or The London stuff is going to be coming out hopefully soon-ish. Okay. The next, uh, this the project for the summer. Yep. I'm hoping by September. And you, um, you think you'll sell that through your website or how will you do it? I think so. I guess so. It's going to be a small run for now. And then with different you know editions and prints and things like that. Um, nice. I guess so. I don't know. I haven't really given it much thought, to cool. be perfectly honest. Cool. Well, and then this other stuff will hopefully be right on the heels of that. Okay. I'd like to get it all. Honestly, I'd like to get them all out within the next year. That's exciting. Well, uh, Guido, man, thanks so much, man. No worries. It's been, uh, I've known you in like peripheral, like for, through like our buddies and stuff for years, and I'm glad it kind of worked out. I finally yeah, got that idea of like, I'm the guy in Boston. I'm just, dude, I'm just the guy who lives here. Yeah. You know, I just yeah. live here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, me too. <laughs> so thanks a lot for taking the time to come on here. And uh, for people listening, where's the best place to check your work out? Uh, my basement. <laughs> your basement. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, whatever the website, I guess. GuidoBitty.com. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Right on. All right. Thanks, Guido. No worries. So there you have it. That was the Guido Vitti interview. I want to thank Guido so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It's a real pleasure getting a chance to speak with him about all his work and the personal projects he's working on and everything he's done within his career. Um, He's done a lot, and I really have a lot of respect for his work and dedication to his craft. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, definitely go check out Guido's website at guidovidi.com that's g-u-i-d-o-v-i 
tti.com, guidovidi.com. Lots of cool work up there, so definitely go check that out. And uh, yeah, going forward, just want to let you know, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as on my website, alexgagnephoto.com, and on my Instagram, at alexgagnephoto. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.